Hi, I'm Alexandra Roxo, your host of the Holy Fuck podcast. I've created this podcast because I want to explore how the mystical touches us in our everyday lives, how the sacred and profane move together like two sides of the same coin. I found that in modern spirituality, we often separate the sacred and the profane. We look at certain things as being holy and good and others as being bad. And I've actually found that the most magical part of life is finding the divinity, the healing, and the transformation in all of it. In this podcast, you can expect to hear stories from people on all sorts of walks of life. You'll hear from a doctor, a sex worker, a poet, a motivational speaker, an activist, a mother, a birth doula, and all sorts of other people who are walking on an embodied path of healing and transformation as a soul awakening this lifetime. Each one of our guests will be sharing their mystical and numinous and spiritual awakenings, how the sacred has touched their lives and the profane too, how they have explored life through sex, drugs, birthing, meditation, prayer, experiencing death and life, and all sorts of different elements that God, Goddess Divine, speaks to us through. If you found that you're also a rebel mystic who doesn't just fit into the simple ideas of good and bad, of spirituality, but sees the nuance that life has to offer us, then I hope you find a home with me here in this podcast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. I'm really stoked today to have Ingrid Coronado on the podcast. She is a native Mexican and she is a mother, a TV and radio personality and host. And today we sort of cracked into a conversation around femininity and masculinity, specifically in Mexico, specifically uh, from those brought up in Catholicism. And we just touched the tip of this. It was so beautiful to kind of crack open something that I have spent a lot of time thinking about. I grew up with a Brazilian father. If you read my book, Fuck Like a Goddess, you know that Part of my big journey around healing with men and a greater force of masculinity has come through the lived experience of having a Brazilian father who was born in 1941 and who kind of embodied the pinnacle of a lot of masculine traits that I had trouble with. And um, so I think Ingrid and I bonded over this and it was beautiful to hear her story around breaking free from these old stereotypes around masculinity and femininity, specifically in Latin America and in Mexico. And so we are speaking English in the podcast, but she is a native Spanish speaker. So just bear with us as we come together, two women from different cultures with some similarities and some differences, speaking two different languages, but meeting in the space of the heart. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. I am so excited today to have Ingrid Coronado with us. She is an incredible woman who I met on Instagram. One of the amazing things about Instagram is I've met such cool people there. Um, Ingrid is a Mexican content creator and digital leader with a 25-year media career, which means that you started when you were 10. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) 
I'm like, you look young. But thank you. <laughs> I'm not just saying that it flattered you. She, she got good skin. Um, she's a leader of female empowerment, an icon of integral well-being, a television host, a radio host, a writer, and a lecturer. And I'm really happy to have her today. And English is her second language or maybe third or fourth. I'm not sure. So this will be a fun conversation because not only are we bridging uh, countries and speaking between Mexico and the U.S., but we are speaking as two people whose native languages are um, different. And I love that. And I grew up speaking Portuguese and English because my dad's from Brazil. And I think it's really, yeah, it's really like I love speaking with people who... Um, you know, well, I would prefer if I was speaking in Spanish with you, but my Spanish is not that good. So uh, <laughs> you, you'll be the one who, who is challenged at this one, but maybe next time I'll be trying to speak in Spanish. But it's so lovely to have you here with us today. Thank you. I'm really happy to be with you and your mm-hmm. audience. Uh, be patient with me uh, because my English is not so perfect as yours. <laughs> It's my second language. I only can with uh, Spanish and English. No more for me. Okay, that's good. (laughs) I prefer to work on other things. But I want to tell you that uh, I feel really honored to be here with you because Mm -hmm. uh, I love your book, Fog Like a Goddess. It was like, oh, this is really amazing. And I want to to talk about my experience uh, because I was reading uh, this book and page by page, it was like, okay, okay. me too. Mm. And you uh, uh, talk about some experience of your life. And it was like, oh, me too. I feel really connected with you as a woman, uh, as a, a human being that it, it's uh, always looking for this uh, transformational experience. And it was really awesome. Thank you for sharing this, um, these beautiful secrets <laughs> that help us to, um, to open our heart. And uh, you're so brave. Thank you very much for this book because I love it. I love it very much. And I want to tell you that you inspired me to write my own book. Yeah. And And then I'm working on it. Uh, It's about feminist magnetism. And uh, thank you for that, because sometimes you need someone that have a similar experience in this life to to say, okay, me too. I want to do it. I I can do it. Then thank you for that. Yeah, I will share my book when I finished. Maybe uh, with your Spanish, you can understand it. (laughs) Oh, my God. I would love that. I would love that. And I I feel like it's a really important um, it's an art to be a storyteller and a teacher and someone who can invite people into honesty and vulnerability by sharing your own story. And I think that that was traditionally like a more feminine way of being right. Like grandmothers, great grandmothers, mothers sharing stories. And so like teaching and sisterhood and community came through sharing the vulnerable stories, you know, and that that creates connection. I think nowadays, because there's so much intertwined with our storytelling, it it can be like sales and it can be like, have all these different kind of missives like tacked onto it. But that the, that the woman to woman, like me sharing a story and you saying, yeah, I had that too. It's like, yes, we all have the same stories. Like we've all gone through the same human experiences. They may 
have come in a slightly different way, but my story is not unique. I'm every woman's story in a particular, you know, body of me in a particular texture of me. So I think we liberate ourselves and others to just allow our experiences and our stories to live through us fully. And then we can learn from each other. Whereas women, like we have been taught many times to like withhold, like, Oh, I'm good. I'm fine. Well, we're great. You know, like, grew up watching, you know, sex in the city and, um, and all these different shows where it's like, you're as women, you're allowed to show one side of yourself, uh, in a kind of context with other women, but there's still this, like this, this kind of mask of like, and I'm okay. And I've got it together and I still look fucking good. And the truth is I don't have it together all the time. And yeah. sometimes I don't look good. <laughs> so it takes a lot of effort actually. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. so, so I appreciate you just like, just reminding me that, that we all have the same stories. So speaking of stories, I would love yeah. to hear from you a moment in time in your life where you considered uh, it to be formative or transformational, where something magical or numinous touched your heart, something um, otherworldly that set you off on a particular direction. It was difficult to choose one story because as a woman, um, as a goddess, <laughs> and sometimes you have these experiences that are mystical, that are magic, that it's a, oh my God, you know, the, the oh my God uh, experiences. But I choose this one because it was really good for me and helped me healing some parts of my story uh, that I was going through. And uh, it was really good. <laughs> And maybe um, you can uh, connect with me in this part of my story, because I think that sometimes we tell lies to ourselves that look like a whole truth, (laughs) you know, and it's not. It's like, okay, I think that things are like this or were like this. And uh, sometimes you go um, to see them and it's like, uh uh-uh, it wasn't like that, no, and it's like, Oh my God. And in the themes of relationships, for example, I had some kind of beliefs that were ruling my life and they were messing up all my possibilities of having a a high quality man in my life. Mm. And it was like, okay, I have to do something with this because if I want to be a goddess, I have to uh, go through some, uh, some things in my mind that were limiting me. Then uh, I thought uh, that uh, I had to be nice with men, <laughs> you know, mm. like the, this, um, these stories uh, from Walt Disney, like mm-hmm. the princess, you know, oh, yeah. uh, that I have to be nice. I have to be cute. I have to be, yeah, I have to be nice, but not sometimes. Sometimes we have to focus in other things. Yeah, you have to, to be more smart than that. Mm-hmm. And um, I had an experience uh, where I've noticed that uh, those things, uh, I have to, to think about them because as a woman, uh, sometimes we're taught about sacrifice. You have to sacrifice for men. You have to be uh, good with them. It doesn't matter if, if they are not good with you. You have to be a good girl and you will always be rewarded at the end, mm-hmm. don't you? Mm-hmm. And that's not a virtue. It's something that can be working against us. It's mm-hmm. garbage. Mm-hmm. Then um, sometime I was um, with my boyfriend uh, I was making love with him. Mm-hmm. It was uh, some time ago, not too much. 
And it was like uh, this experience um, take me like a time machine where I was making love with my first boyfriend mm -hmm. about 30 years before. And in this experience, uh, I was starting to see all these beliefs uh, and where they come from. Some then were uh, Catholic, some uh, were like um, misogyn misogynistic, yeah, misogyn, yeah, from some uh, men in my life. And it was like, oh my God, that is why I was relating with men in this way. Because that time when, when I had that relationship, uh, I heard, I saw some things in my life from men that made me think that, for example, um, pleasure, uh, it was not good, that I have to feel guilty about it. Yeah. But I like sex. I like to make love. I like uh, uh, to be passionate. I like uh, to explore these parts of my body and my soul and my, and my life. Uh, but I, I didn't realize that when I was having these experiences with men, I felt guilty because mm. of what I saw when I was uh, almost a girl. I was 16 years old. Yeah. Uh, then it was like, oh my God, thank you, God. <laughs> because now I can't see what's the reason because I have this type of relationships and I can fix them. I can heal that part of my life. Yeah. So it was like, basically, you're in the moment of making love and you're mm -hmm. a grown woman. Yeah. And there's this time machine that stops and you're like, holy shit, this is the same moment I experienced back when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And you see in that moment, you had the clarity to go, oh my God, I've been replaying these beliefs for, yeah. how, for how long? 20 years or something? Or 30. 30 years. Yeah. So why do you say, or how do you think that clarity dawned on you in that moment? Because that's what I like to call an epiphany when, you know, an insight just comes out of nowhere, like, and, and a veil is lifted in a way. I think those are, that is a moment where God comes through. It's very special. I want more of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why do you think it came through? Like what, 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 what made that moment the time where you saw through those patterns? Um, I have been working on myself a lot. <laughs> and when I read in your book that you worked through therapy, through uh, experience with sacred plants, uh, through a lot of things that can help you to know yourself and be a, a more happy woman, uh, it was like, okay, that's me. Uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> it's like a lot of uh, looking for this um, revelation. Yeah. And uh, it was like uh, having the same experience three, 30 years later, but yeah. with different eyes. And that it's the clue. That's the secret. That's magic. Because it was like, okay, I don't have anything to be guilty of. This yeah. is my body. I can do with my body whatever I want. Mm -hmm. I'm loving this man. I'm loving me through this experience. Yeah. Then uh, I don't, I have to, don't give a fuck of what people told me when I was right. really young. You know, yeah. it's like uh, uh, for now, I, I accept, I love, and I want to be like this, 
then um, it was really good for me. And I think that women that are listening to us uh, maybe have this um, things that are working against them yeah. because in this time it was like an emotional puzzle, you know, it was like, Oh my God, Oh my God. Oh my, okay. This is the whole story. Yeah. And if they feel guilty or, or if they are uh, relating with uh, abusive or violent men, may, maybe they are um, punish, punishing them yeah. through these men because yeah. they feel guilty about feeling this, uh, Mm. these experiences, these loving experiences. Yes. Did I explain myself? Yeah, you did. And, and what I'm hearing is like, I think a common story for like a feminine narrative across many different cultures is like self-sacrifice, not feeling safe to feel pleasure, not feeling like it's okay to have needs or to be in your body. And I feel like for many of us women, we're the first one in our family to maybe have a big job or to make good money or to experience this insight and awareness around our body, around our pleasure, around our sort of self-sovereignty and speaking up for ourselves. So I, I, I love this kind of idea of as you, you are doing all this work on yourself, which essentially brings awareness to mm -hmm. the patterns, mm -hmm. right? And sometimes... Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's like we get a little clarity and awareness. Oh, wow, I'm doing this thing again, right? I'm doing that thing I always do, or my thoughts are repeating. But sometimes it really does take a lot of time for that train to stop. You know, it's like you can work on yourself, work on yourself. And then there's a moment that comes like you had where you're just like, this is done now. I'm done replaying I'm this. Done. And what's so beautiful is that like, you know what? Fuck it. It can take 20 years. It can take 30 years. That's okay. You know, like it takes what the, how long it takes, I think, especially if you consider that some of these patterns may be embedded in our DNA from gen so many generations of women. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it took you like 20 or 30 years, it's like, okay, great. Not a problem. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so what did you do with that clarity where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm in this moment and time stops and I see myself and I'm seeing that I'm doing the same thing and boom, then what, what did you do with that, with that insight? Oh, uh, then I started to think differently. Yeah. It's not that, okay, it's done yeah. <laughs> from now on it's done. No, it's like, that's the clue yeah. uh, where I can work. Yeah. And uh, from that day, uh, I start realizing in all the ways I always want to be a good girl mm. and I forget to be a good girl with me. Mm. <laughs> it's the first one to whom I have to be good. Yeah. And sometimes it was like uh, it's some man and uh, sometimes I'm dating, for example, and now I'm single and it's like, OK, this man, it's not good with me why I have to be good with him because I don't want to hurt his ego. Really? Mm. Okay. He's not uh, having a good, um, a good 
I don't know how to say that. He's not, he's not good with me, you know? Yeah. It's uh, sometimes abusive or violent or he's ghosting oh, or gosh. he's uh, uh, trying to gaslight me or, you know? And it's like, uh, okay, I won't accept this anymore in my life because yeah. I want to, to take uh, the... Um, I want to take the, um, the control of my life. I can manifest my destiny, you know, and I can do it if I place others first. And selfishness that uh, to see me more, to see uh, what are my needs, uh, what I like, and to be more, uh, more sensitive about uh, how people treat me. Yeah, exactly. That I feel like this... Do you, okay, do you think that that's something very common in kind of Latin American Catholicism, like this sacrificing yourself uh, for men? Like, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, if uh, Americans have this, but Latin Americans, we have all this in our skin. It's like a tattoo, you know? And we need to be different because if not, we put ourselves in some situations that are not good for us. And you know what? There is something, um, something important to say because um, when uh, women like me that are always struggling with men, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes we are angry because we think that uh, life is not uh, making justice with us justice with us, but um, that we have to be strong, you know, and that men don't like strong women like us. Mm. Uh, I have to struggle uh, uh, with uh, men. Uh, for example, I have to work and earn my own money to feed my family. I have to take care of my children almost alone. Mm. I had to struggle in court with the, my son's fathers because they want to take my money away. Mm. That make me a woman that have to fight for, for things for me. And uh, I think that men want uh, other type of women. And I felt angry about it. Mm -hmm. And now uh, after this experience, it was like, okay, maybe men that are not worthy would like other type of women, mm. but uh, a man, a high quality man uh, will see through this, um, these experiences and will value a woman like me. It's mm. just a thing of time. I have to mm. be patient, you mm. know, mm. and um, that was a really good revelation that I, I am sure that it's gonna uh, help me to have other type of relationships, more healthy relationships. Yes. Yes. That I love so much of what you said there with just like that, this archetype of being a strong woman mm -hmm. that especially like in Latin America or certain Latin cultures, every culture is so different, but that there is this belief that you can't be a strong woman who earns your own money and who has maybe a powerful platform or a powerful career and mm -hmm. also have a really wonderful, strong, loving man. And that there is this old belief that the strong, like, you know, handsome men that are going to go for someone who is more, let's say, docile or good girl or mm -hmm. sweet or easy or whatever. 
And I do think that that's something that we've seen replayed in movies and television mm-hmm. and the media. Yeah. And I know from, you know, growing up with a Latin American father who, you know, a lot, that's like seven books I could write about that, but I know <laughs> growing up with Yeah, a, I read it in your book. Yeah. Brazilian dad. That. It's like the, the way that he even had experienced what a woman was supposed to be or not be, you know, was, was, I was very confronting for him being a Latin man born in 1941, you know, mm-hmm. like women were supposed to be a certain thing. And it was very, I think it's a funny karma that he got a daughter who like, you know, I, <laughs> I've just been very vocal and very artistic and I've had all these different phases. And I, you know, when I had, had, didn't wear makeup and I had hairy armpits, he flipped out, you know, for a man born in Brazil in 1941, that was just like, you know, I might as well have been like, you know, a heroin addict, not that anyone who's a heroin addict is something really wrong with you. But in terms of, of what a father would want for their kid, uh-huh. that was so confronting. Anything that was outside the norm of what a woman was supposed to be, especially yeah. in within that Latin Catholic structure. Hello, quick interlude here. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. If you are, I'd love for you to check out my book, Fuck Like a Goddess, my guide to healing yourself, reclaiming your voice, and standing in your power. Publishers Weekly called it a sharp, forceful debut. It was one of Bustle's best summer reads and a bestseller in three categories on Amazon. These are my methods that I'm teaching to inspire you, challenge you, bring up your resistance so you can face it and get free and unleash your gifts. How to let life make love to you, enjoy every bit, and find the magic in all of it guide. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, IndieBound, and Sounds True, or by visiting alexandraroxo.com/book. Thank you so much. It means the world to me to have your support for my work. Back to the podcast. And there's, but there's, there's beauty to some of the kind of gendered um norms or or ways of being in uh, that i i've experienced in latin culture and i'd love to just feel what it's like for you um in mexico it's like what parts of the kind of dating romance between you and being a woman who grew up in this catholic space with some of these kind of intense gendered norms, what parts of those do you actually enjoy or do you want to throw them all out? Let me see if I understand you very well. Okay. And do you want to know what's the parts of dating that I like? Yeah, especially dating within that context of like, you know, within the context of like Latin American culture or Mexican culture or that coming from that Catholic background, like is there anything within that, that you actually wouldn't want to throw out that you actually think, oh, you know, there's this part of um, this old traditional kind of way of being that I actually still find to be nourishing or good, but I need to kind of give it it a new spin, you know? I got it. And I don't know if you know Mexican food. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Then it will be easy to to say this. Uh, For people that doesn't know how is uh, Mexican food, it's spicy. Mm -hmm. It's uh, we mix uh, sweet and salty flavors. 
uh, it's it's a really um, sensual food. And I think that Mexicans, uh, we are like that. <laughs> we have this, this mojo, you know? Um, we are spicy sometimes, <laughs> we are sweet others, <laughs> we are salty and others. <laughs> and um, when we are dating or when we are in love or when me, we make love, we use all this kind of um, paradise flavors Mm-hmm. <laughs> of ourselves mm-hmm. because I think that our food it's a reflection of how we are and mm. uh, we can see uh, a lot of women in in the country that are great cooking mm. they, they they do things that are really amazing I'm not good <laughs> enough in cooking but here in Mexico we have a, a phrase that it says that uh, we can um make men uh, love us through two parts of our life, from uh, in the kitchen or in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> I choose the second because <laughs> I'm not a good cooker. <laughs> then, then I prefer this one. But I think that Mexican and Latin uh, girls, uh, women, we are um, creative we are funny and we are, um, we like, like, we're like music. Mm. Uh, even mm. this, this Latin American music, like salsa, mm. like cumbia, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that thing that, that uh, music and um, the cooking are the reflection of how we are. Yeah. And then that's the part that I really enjoy about dating, being mm. a Mexican and a Latin uh, woman, because I think that we have a lot of, tools mm. that we can use to seduce men, uh, but also to explore uh, th- uh, some things of our erotic uh, soul. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 That part of us. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, what's beautiful is that some of the outdated stereotypes about like, yeah, a man who's like, puts down a strong woman or who's kind of abusive in it or too passionate in a violent way, et cetera. Like some of these old stereotypes mm-hmm. gotta go. Like they need to be that we need, we're more conscious now. So we can't be with a man who's like that, you know? And, and I, I experienced a, a lot of, in my own story of moments where my father would say things about women's bodies or my bodies that I would just, my jaw would drop, but that was what was normal in Mm -hmm. Brazil. Like it's not, not normal to say, look at her breasts or, you know, she's fat or whatever, you know, like that was normal in the community, in the world that he grew up in. So, you know, that, that part of that, that aspect of the masculinity, Latin masculinity has to grow up a little bit. Like, I mean, to rise with the times, right? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I was thinking about that uh, last days. And I think that the first that have to change are us women. Yeah, yeah. We have, because uh, they, uh, men want to have sex with us. And if we're still allowing some things uh, from them, they still have sex. There you, you know? go. Yeah, uh, they're not going to change it. <laughs> yeah. What would happen if all women in the world change our, uh, um, the way we relate with them 
And this way it's like, okay, if you treat me well, if you can see my power and do not feel bad about it, then okay, we can have sex, we can have a relationship and this is good. But if you don't have a good um, approach with me, that's not going to happen. Yeah. But for now, you say that to a man and he says like, okay, I have another 10 mm. to have sex with, mm. you know? Mm. But if we uh, women uh, with things, um, we can work our, ourselves and uh, make them change their mind mm. that uh, what they want is a high quality woman mm. and high quality woman. It's the one that knows what, what, uh, what we want. Yeah. A high quality woman uh, do not act, do not accept violence or any abusive um, yeah. thing uh, against us. Yeah. And the most important thing is that um, high quality women uh, love our body, our life. We are happy. Mm. We are strong. And mm. uh, we fight for uh, things to be. Um, like the justice, um, yeah, yeah, things things to be fair, yeah, for yeah, you're you care about humanity and you're, yeah, yeah, you're we are out. generous, mm -hmm. uh, we are, um, we are. I think I told you funny, but I think it's like um, I'm looking for this word, charming, that, no, charming, yeah, okay, yeah, we're yeah. we're erotic, yeah, 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 and they have. And they can have a real relationship, a healthy relationship with us. Yeah. Other kind of relationship that where they are up and we're down, that's not good for any of the parts. You right, know? right, right. Yeah. And it's like rewriting a huge cultural narrative around, you know, what is masculinity and femininity in, within certain cultures and then what is the toxic side. And, and yeah. what I'm, what I'm hearing is like, you're, you're saying is like, it really starts with us, you know, it's, we're not, it starts with us changing within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we attract something different because honestly, that sort of toxic, toxic masculinity, it can't meet me if I'm at a place of that kind of um, healing within myself. Like I wouldn't be, I wouldn't say yes to a man who is bringing that toxic masculinity because I'm in a greater alignment with what's true to me. Right. You know, so that, that I, I love that what you're saying that it starts within the woman to, ch to change herself and to, mm -hmm. and, and, and I love that that is changing history because it's changing the past of all the women and all the generations mm -hmm. who just smiled while the men maybe were drunk and like mm -hmm. uh, mean, Oh, I mean, so many of our grandmothers and mothers had that. They dealt with mean, drunk, angry men, you know? And mm -hmm. it is a really big shift to say, no, I'm actually not okay with that. Even if it, even if my dad or my grandpa was like one of those men, I, I'm not going to be with one of those men. I'm not doing it. You know, that's huge. And I love that you're standing for that as a, such a powerful public leader in Mexico. That's so amazing. Oh, thank you. Oh my God. You're going to serve so many women who are just dying to, you know, to, to free themselves from those types of relationships that we saw grandma or great grandma in, or, you know, mom. And, um, and, and what you said about 
the Latin women being spicy and erotic. I love, and I will say as I coach women and mentor women, I often bring in the archetype of the Latin woman because American women um, were so different. There's so many different cultures living in America. So it's not one thing or the other, but the way that um, I experienced the women in my family in Brazil in relationship to food and dancing and celebration, I was liberated by that. It was like, Oh my God, like I can shake my ass. I can shake my hips. And it's not a, it's not bad. It's just part of celebration. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about how that plays into the feminine magnetism, which you mentioned your book is about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And tell us about that. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, this time I'm changing um, the... I'm changing my mind yeah. about how I perceive men. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing I want to tell it's that um, I thought that if we were dating with a man and he ghost, yeah, it was my fault. Yeah. Because something uh, I missed, yeah. I was not enough. Mm-hmm. And my value is not as him, mm. you know? Uh, and now I realized that weak men fear powerful women mm. or can't see us. Mm. then they ghost because they don't feel enough. (laughs) It's them. The problem, it's on the man. It's not in us because I can see and I can talk with a lot of friends. Um, They are beautiful women in all uh, internally and uh, physically. And they have this ghosting men in their life one and one and another time, you know. And it's like, okay, what is happening with them? And I realized that if they ghost, they are making you a favor (laughs) because Mm -hmm. uh, they're not good enough for you, Mm -hmm. you know, because if they don't have the, um, in Mexican, we say the pants, but... (laughs) Uh, if they don't have the power uh, or they don't think, think they are worthy to be with a powerful woman, we don't want them in our life because if not, uh, they will uh, start uh, transforming themselves, not in a good way, in this drunk, this, uh, you know, uh, because they feel less than us and they have to... Um, they have to do something about it. Yeah. Do I'm explaining myself because I think that yeah. this is important. Yeah. That sometimes uh, men uh, get drunk because they feel that they are not good enough for us. Yeah. Yeah. Or they are not good enough for life. Yeah. And uh, it's important for us to notice that if they go away before they hurt us, it's good for us. Yeah. Exactly. And. <laughs> It's true. I think a lot of women are doing a lot of work to bring awareness to old patterns and habits and ways of being that feel outdated um, and that no longer are in alignment with the greater good of humanity or our own hearts. And so, yes, we're calling men into that same place to rise Mm -hmm. as well into um, their own, whatever their own processes of healing or transformation and you know, we, we, one of my favorite teachers says that we we're moving faster 
that women were just moving faster in, in relation to our expansion of consciousness and healing and, and the awareness of changing these patterns. And so, uh, yeah, but, uh, feminine magnetism is just about that. We have to change ourselves and then magnet a high quality man to our lives. Mm. It's not that we have to go out and look and search and uh, see where are them. <laughs> when we are uh, happy women, when we know ourselves, when we are strong enough, we act like a magnet. Mm. We don't have to look for tactics, you know, to yes. attract them. Yeah. It's like when we are ready, we will attract a high quality man. And if we're not ready, we're going to attract weak men that will help us to realize that we don't want that. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. And like, I love that, that teaching of, of you magnetize a mirror that teaches you where you're at or shows you something about yourself. And um, another a teacher that I love says, you know, we attract our reciprocal. And I used to hate that because I would be like, wait, why? Yeah, yeah, but then, it happened to me. It's like, no, I'm not like him. No, <laughs> but then it's like, oh, there's something for me here. There's something to be revealed in my own healing process. Mm -hmm. And you're right that as we come into the alignment with ourselves and our self-worth and all of that, though I don't really like the word self-worth, but as we come into alignment with mm -hmm our potential, our capacity. And like you said, that magnetism, then we can just magnetize our reciprocal being. We don't have to use the tactics. I love mm -hmm. that. And I, I hope that you preach that far and wide so that women don't feel like they have to, to keep seducing or using tricks and all of this mm -hmm. kind of thing, but instead standing in that greater you know, alignment with our own hearts and letting free any of those old patterns and ways of being that are just crusty and stale and outdated. And like, it's just a new time for us. It's beautiful. And I think that a feminist magnetism has two pillars that are, mm. well, maybe three. <laughs> <laughs> it, I think it's being authentic. Yeah. And using tactics is not being authentic. No, no. Uh, the other one, it's uh, make things with love. Mm -hmm. And the third one is being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I think that a powerful woman that, uh, that like us, that have to be through uh, things that were really hard in our lives, sometimes forget that we need to be more vulnerable mm -hmm. to look for our fears mm -hmm. and that our fears are our uh, more powerful part of us. In our vulnerable part uh, are our strengths. Yeah. And then we have to, to be really proud of them. Yes. Yeah. Vulnerability is such a key. It's the revelation of our hearts. And that is so mm -hmm. fucking juicy, delicious, magnetic. Yeah. yeah. I oh. think that, that that's where the juice of we as a woman is. Yeah. And if we are always being like, okay, we can go through it. We can have it. We have to work for it. You know, that that's the new uh, thing uh, that, Feminine women 
thing that is. Mm. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, just like the overachieving, pushing, pushing, working yeah. harder, fa faster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Essentially, yeah. potentially being in the more masculine space instead yeah, of in the that's receptive. The thing. Yeah, yeah, really. And if we talk about our feelings, if we are proud of our feelings, uh, if we can recognize uh, uh, our most fearful parts, I think that we are more powerful than being yeah. pushy. Yes. Oh, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. I feel like I could keep talking to you again and again, because this is something I know that we both have a lot to kind of just talk about and to, to mm -hmm. share about. Um because this is so specific and it's also universal, I think in it as well, in terms of it's, um, it's everyone's going through this, like women and men and like, there's what's masculine, what's feminine, everything is changing, you know? And, and the relational field between two people is also, I think right now really shifting a lot. So it's beautiful that you're coming into that and sharing about that publicly. It's really, it's really epic. It's beautiful that you are doing this work too. I, ah. I, I'm sure that you're helping a lot of women uh, across the world. Thank and you. we're a team. We have to we think are. that, uh -huh. that women, oh we are God, a team yes. and yeah. that we can do a good work if we work as a team. Yes, not against each other. Yeah, that's but together. Absolutely. Just another mm -hmm. old trope that's dying out. It's like that we have to compete, but instead, mm -hmm. like we are a circle. We are supporting each other. So Ingrid, thank you so much for taking the time together today to chat and for speaking a language that's not your first language. You did amazing. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm always doing interviews in English, but I'm not the one that is in the other side, you know, yeah, this yeah. is my first time. Then thank you to be my, Oh, good. Uh, my first time in this. <laughs> ah. And I just want to let everybody know that Ingrid has a radio show called Ingrid Itamara. Mm -hmm. And um, we'll put all the links to her work, to her Instagram, to her show. And then, so when she does have this book come out, you can share it and read it. And also if you have other friends in Mexico or Latin America who want to experience her work in Spanish, then send them over her way. And we're just, I'm so happy to have you here with us today. Thank you so much, Ingrid. Thank you to you, Alexandra. It was really good. Thank you for sharing this information with people. Mm. You're doing a really, really lovely work. Mm. Thank you so much. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. For more, 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 follow me on IG at Alexandra Roxo, and you can get on my mailing list where I send poems, practices, rituals, links to upcoming retreats and events, and all kinds of goodies. And if this podcast has touched your heart, please let us know. Please write us a review, give us a five-star rating, all that. It means a lot to myself and everyone involved. Big, big love, my darling. Have a fabulous day and see you again very soon.